Small businesses are the backbone of America, and they help keep the spirit of Texas alive. But did you know as many as 50% will close their doors forever after just five years? Well, we're here to change that. This is The Beef. We know how tough it is to be an entrepreneur today. We're giving small business owners a platform to share their story. You'll hear it all. The highs and the lows. The good and the bad. But most importantly, you'll learn. Welcome to The Beef. The Beef. Oh, yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Beef Podcast. As always, I'm your host, John Kelly, a.k.a. John the Marketer on Instagram. Joining me in the studio today and on YouTube right here, we have John Slaughter and Craig Rowan. And again, we've discussed this prior to the show. I'm going to go ahead and slaughter, no pun intended, this right now from Altstadt Brewery. It's no fun if you get it right the first try. That's pretty Thank good. God. All right. See, YouTube viewers, listeners, I finally did something right in my life. No, I'm just kidding. I think you hustled us. I did because I asked you. I think we practiced that for what, like 30 minutes prior <laughs> to actually airing this show? That's uh, not an embellishment. <laughs> it is not. No, I'm very particular about, I really like to pronounce things properly. And I can't always. And I struggled because maybe I've had too many Altstadt beers today. Altstadt. Get it right. Yeah. Okay. See, there we go. We got him correcting me. He told me he was going to do it. I've had a few of those today. It is German Fest. For our listeners, our viewers, it may be 2022 right now. It might be 2021. Yeah, I don't know. It is a German Fest. You have to forgive my horrific hat hair because, <laughs> and I don't ever wear hats, but you know, I got to get in the spirit, right? Yeah. So for our listeners, not from Tomball, Texas, we have a little celebration here, but it's actually quite a big thing for Tomball, Texas, and it is called the German Festival. And uh, it comes here twice a year, huge deal. So obviously y'all are out here representing the brewery because, you know, what goes better with German than beer. And it's pretty uh, synonymous. Yeah, I would say so. And so of course y'all are here for that. And we just decided that, you know, John, we were going to have you on the show. And then you said, man, I can't do this show without Craig. Yeah. He's our brewmaster. And so, John, you're the regional manager for Houston, is that correct? Yeah, basically I have the Houston market as my territory, everything from Bryan College Station to Galveston, Beaumont, Victoria, and all points in between. Yeah, and said, who better to know the beer than the brewmaster? And so that's why we brought Craig in here. As I always say, every single episode, I'm so excited to have you all on here. I'm a huge beer fan, didn't start out that way, but started drinking from the age of 21, from the age of 21, started Real drinking. listeners wouldn't get that cue. They would not, because I winked to the camera yeah. there, listeners, because, you know, I follow all laws at all times, so please drink responsibly, and only over the age of 21. <laughs> that but, is correct. You know, of course, I started yes. drinking some beer finally, and really just kind of fell in love with all the different flavors and the infusions, and, you know, of course, we're going to get into this on the show, and I know I'm jumping ahead, but y'all have kind of a traditional German shtick, right? Like, that's y'all's thing. But of course, there's so many microbreweries out there that do so many different types of flavors. And it's like, you don't have to drink the same beer every day. For the rest of your life, you can drink a different beer. Never taste the same flavor again. It's pretty amazing, all the different avenues and directions. A lot of that's just the American ingenuity. You know, we get something and we just want to keep improving upon it and making it better. 
So you have over 7,000 craft breweries Wow! now, so it might even be more than that. And they're all trying to put their name out there. Some of them don't do such a good job. Others really push the envelope, and just the choices are limitless. No better time to be a beer drinker than right now. I agree, and especially a great beer like y'all's. I've been... uh, Man, you know, I should have brought for the YouTube viewers here, I should have brought my Stein that I got at the festival. You know, that big old thing. I love it. Probably my favorite thing I own now. I would have brought mine, but we walked over here like a bunch of goobers. And, we uh, did. Probably, I would say it was a good at least six, seven blocks. Our eyes are a little bigger than our stomachs. That was a, <laughs> It was treacherous. Somebody from New York yeah. is like, you walk three blocks. What are you worried about? What's wrong? Well, no, yeah, but they're not, you know, walking in the middle of the streets <laughs> with pickup trucks going by them at 40 miles an we hour. We did. So. And I think the sidewalk was probably like three feet wide <laughs> yeah. at some points. Like it was just so small. We man. And plus these clogs I'm wearing aren't exactly great for, you know, arch support, but <laughs> we made it. Yeah. Though. We're here. You know, listeners, if you're not making your way over to Beefy Marketing on YouTube, you're missing out on the outfits that they have on today. Unfortunately, I have not invested in one yet. It is something I want to do. We go to German Fest every year most of the time oh it's a must twice yeah. a year it's yeah. a must so i'm ready to dress up for it i gotta find somewhere to get my stuff yeah uh well they sell them there right, right now there. <laughs> we can take it right, to right. Them. so They're when nice. we take our uber back because we are not gonna <laughs> yeah. walk again yep. i'm gonna have to stop by there and check it out there you go but as always like we discussed we start out with an icebreaker question and i think since we're like i have an icebreaker question for this, you oh yeah, all right. You wouldn't be the first one. So Go ahead. I'll let you have it. The Beef Podcast, right? That's a pretty misleading name. Talk about <laughs> that. Yeah. So so this, people are going to be opening this one. Say this is the first one. Right. My mom is going to listen to this and be like, why are you on a podcast about, about cows? Beef. Yeah. Yeah. If I had a dollar for every time I get asked in public, hey, do you do beef jerky? Yeah. I'd be a rich man. <laughs> I wouldn't work for Beefy Marketing, that's for sure, because yeah. I would have so much money. $40 a pound. Can't go wrong. <laughs> it all started, and we talk about this on one of our episodes. I believe it's episode eight, where Andrew and I kind of interview ourselves, if you will. And we talk about that. He just kind of wanted to rename and rebrand the company. And he was like, what do we go with? And him and, and a few of his friends are kind of sitting around the living room, and they're talking. And somebody said, well, do you remember that old... I think it was a Wendy's ad about where's where's the meat? Where's the beef? Yeah. Yeah. Where's the beef? There you go. And so it just kind of came from that of like, where's the beef? Well, we have it. If you're looking for the beef, this is what you need for marketing right here. This is the beef. So it's beefy marketing. That's just, it kind of started as half of a joke, Yeah. you know? And then Andrew, this is his brainchild, the beef podcast. And he wanted to do this. But he just never really had time or staff or, you know, you're so busy with other things going on. It was like, how am I going to actually execute on this? And when I came aboard, he was like, hey, you know what? You're going to do podcasting now. And I was like, bro, I've never done podcasting in my life. Yeah. Like, I listen to podcasts, but what do you mean I'm going to do podcasting? He's like, yeah, you're going to put a mic in front of your face. You're going to interview people that come on your show and you're going to make the beef happen. And I was like, uh, okay. That's not an easy thing to do. It was scary. I'm not going to lie. I was straight up intimidated. But, you know, I've always been a performer in high school. I was an honor thespian. I was in theater. I was what I jokingly refer to as a theater nerd, for sure. I loved it. Performing in front of people was my thing. Every now and then I still sing out in public, you know, when I feel like showing my face and embarrassing myself. But I love performing. And so this is kind of like a performance of, you know, you're expected to be able to lead a conversation and make that conversation interesting. And especially something like this, you know, like we talked about on the way over here, it's really a 30 to 45 minute advertisement 
but it's my job to make this advertisement interesting enough that people are listening right. to it. And then they go, wow, you know what? I like the story those people had, and that's why I want to support this company. And I think it's probably the easiest job I've ever had in my life. But at the same time, it's intimidating. Yeah. And so that's where the beef podcast comes from and beefy marketing comes from is just kind of honestly a joke around Andrew's living room. <laughs> Very cool. It's been something that sticks so well for us. People just never, and, and the nicknames. I mean, the Chamber of Commerce here in Tomball, they call us the beefy boys. That's how they know us, Amy and Brandy over there. And that's one thing I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. I mean, that's how we met. You know, I would have yep. never, until I walked into Molly's Pub, and got a free beer from John Slaughter. I would have never met you, known you. And then I go to an event like today, and there's no less than 15 people that I've seen today that I know personally. And I'm like, hey, I got to shake hands, say hi, how are you doing? Do you out here at German Fest? And it's such a great feeling that the chamber connected us like that because it was something, you know, not every business owner is 100% sold. Hey, we should join the chamber or do something. And it was like, you know what? I believe in it. And Thankfully, it worked out pretty well. There so, you go. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. What is your icebreaker question? So my question? icebreaker question. I don't want to hijack your podcast. I was going to say, I'll take control back yeah. now. No, that's great. Honestly, it changes it up pretty well. Only other person to ever ask me an icebreaker question was Andrew. And that was a few oh, that episodes doesn't count. ago. And it doesn't. I knew it was going to come. But <laughs> he wound up asking me that question. So my question is, are you a morning person no. or a night person? <laughs> Easy answer then. A morning? No. I hate mornings. No. No one in my family is a morning person. I'm a morning person. What time do you wake up? You weren't this morning. You, well, no. <laughs> he, he drank too much uh, beer yeah. last night. <laughs> uh, a few too many liters of Schwartz beer last night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I get up usually around 536. Just don't need an alarm clock. Just get up and he's a military down lots man. of lots of coffee and take care of stuff and off and running. I think my problem is that. Caffeine doesn't really help me. I drink copious amounts of it, but I don't feel the difference. So maybe I just need it to be a human at this point. <laughs> Go a day without drinking it and tell me how you feel. Right, yeah. But I'm, I'm way more of a night person for sure. And I wish I was a morning person because it makes you a more productive person. But yeah, it's just not my nature. Yeah. But I have to force it. My dad was the same way. He was Army. Last draft call of Vietnam. Yeah. He went in and then when he got out, it was just... Four or five o'clock in the morning, he's up. Wow. No alarm clock. I mean, this was before cell phones and everything else. And no alarm clock sitting next to the bed, just four, four thirty. He's wow. up every morning. He would actually drive all around the Houston area checking on job sites because he was a kind of like a project manager or supervisor for a flooring company before he opened his own company. And man, he would wake up that early and then bust out the key map and map out his whole day or if I was there, he'd make me do it at, you know, seven, eight years old, trying to read a key map, which I appreciate now because I'd see the whole city of Houston in a map in my head without ever have even open up that key map. But I just use a GPS. Yeah. GPS is something I rely on now, <laughs> but it's crazy. I'm jealous like you of those type of people. I wish I could do it, but I'm your guy that Though I don't want to be at the office till midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be most productive from 1 p.m. until midnight, one o'clock in the morning. I will say this though, when I sit down at my desk every morning, that first cup of coffee is just one of life's great joys. Yeah. It's just so wonderful. That's one of the reasons I like mornings, honestly, is totally quiet. I know everybody else is asleep and I'm drinking coffee and I'm taking care of business. When I get to the brewery at like yeah. six in the morning, nobody's there. Yeah. It's just wonderful. Put on some music, drink some coffee, get after it. I've heard all those stories, 
Yeah, I've heard all those stories <laughs> about how great it is to be up that early and how productive it is, but it's definitely not something that I'm aware of. That's for sure. Like I said, wish I was, but that's all right. All right, well, as usual with this podcast, we are sponsored by Community Bank of Texas. So every single episode, I have to take a second and just talk about them because they're a great partner in this. You know, And like y'all, we met them at a uh, chamber event, and they heard what was going on here, and they said, man, we have to be a part of this because you're reaching a lot of small businesses, and even if they're a big business, they need a relational banker. They need someone that's going to be a partner in all of this, not just somebody who's taking their money and using it and making money off of it. So I always stop and talk about how Community Bank of Texas knows that especially now, the experience and availability of a banking partner is crucial. And so Community Bank of Texas is here to help your business, and their bankers have been working diligently to give clients the support that they need during these challenging economic times. And as a business owner, many things keep us up at night, but our bank should not be one of them. When you bank with Community Bank of Texas, you have the freedom to focus on your business commitments instead of worrying about the commitment of your banker. Community Bank of Texas is proudly committed to partnering with you and your business through it all. Short-term hurdles, long-term growth, countless new directions. Because when it comes to doing business, they simply deliver a better banking experience. Community Bank of Texas is a foundation you can build your business on for decades to come. Community Bank of Texas, business banking, better banking, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. All right. So who do we want to start with? Either one of you, man. Let's just hear about who you are and, you know, as much as you want to share about where you came from and how you got to this position. Uh, Yeah, sure. I can start. So, and I get this question a lot. It's some people look at me and go, how, how old are you? Like, how how did you get to be where you are? And really, it's just a lot of experience and work, and then the schooling was secondary, right? So when I was in my early 20s, I had a job I hated so much that I just quit without a fallback. Pretty irresponsible thing to do, but, you know, that's what your 20s are for, right? So I walked into the warehouse. A friend of mine worked for the Abita Brewing Company in Abita Springs, Louisiana. He's like, yeah, just come into the warehouse. You'll make nine bucks an hour and get benefits. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll do that until I can find what I want to do. So basically did a lot of manual labor, but started drinking the beer, fell in love with it, and then went from working in the warehouse to working on the production line. Then back in those days, it was about 2008 I started, and then around 2009, 2010, I talked to the brewmaster, a man by the name of Mark Wilson. He had never really said more than two sentences to me, sort of a quiet guy. There was a position open, and back then you could sort of train on the job. It's not like right now where you really have to put a lot of work in. And I asked about the open position for, for a brewer and basically said, well, you come into work on time every day and you seem intelligent enough. I'll let you know. And yeah, he put me on in the cellar and then I eventually into the brew house. The first beer I ever brewed was on a 100 barrel system. Just to visualize that, if you think of a standard uh, stereotypical keg, that's half a barrel. So I was brewing 200 worth of those at a time. First beer I ever brewed. Didn't start home brewing or anything. And then by the time Florida Beta had finished, I was there for about a little over nine years. I was doing all the pilot batches on a little 10-gallon system. So I'd gone from a 100-barrel system to a 200-barrel system that they got installed and then was brewing on this little 10-gallon system where I learned far, far more than any of the books or school I've done on brewing. And then when I hit 
my limit there. I was searching for something new. I came to Altstadt because they were going to let me write the recipes, help build the seller program up. And then about a year later, the previous brewmaster left and then I was promoted and been here ever since. And it's been awesome. And we've just been growing. God, it's, we've more than doubled our size since that time. So wow. it's, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a killer story of just, you know, like you said, where you can go without all the training and education, just mm -hmm. showing the dedication and that you want to be a part of it. Oh yeah. Once I it. fell in love with it, I was just pretty much, I'll do whatever I have to do to do it. Right. And then, so Abita paid for a course and then I got to Altstadt and then they invested a lot of money in my education. So very grateful, but that really supplemented it. Like the experiences being thrown to the wolves, being allowed to fail and really learning lessons from your failures more than anything. It's just great. A lot of that is what led me here. And I'm then, you know, I'm still, I'm always learning. You should I'm be. never done, you know? Yeah, we always should be. There's there's a new book every week that comes out, it seems like, and it's always about getting better. I would assume, too, you know, no matter, we always think that, like, somebody's always thought of it or done it or been there, but I would just think that with as many variations as there are currently, there still has to be so much to explore with how to make it and flavor it. Every new thing I learned just unlocks all this other stuff that I didn't realize I didn't know right? It's just a spider web of new things. Every new thing you learn just leads you to a bunch of things you're ignorant about. Beer is one of the most complex alcoholic beverages out there. It's more complex it, it, than wine. It is. I see a pint of beer and I just see a bunch of equations. That's what I see now. And it's... That sounds terrible. It's, it's terrible, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> it's very weird. I want to be my bad at math, cheated through high school, but still graduated. <laughs> just enjoy a beer because it tastes good. Well, you can do that too. Oh, now yeah. I enjoy it for various other reasons yeah, now. I'm I mean, sure. just tasting other people's beers and seeing what they did or how they did it and the differences between what I would do. And the more I know, just the cooler and cooler it gets. More than just a drink that can, you know, make you forget about life for a while, right? There's a lot to it. And there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. Can you tell the difference if I'm drinking a Kolsch today mm -hmm. and then I'm drinking one six months from now from a different batch? I bet you can tell the difference, can't you? If I'm doing my job properly, no. Okay. Now, if, Fair point. if it's a new batch versus the six-month-old batch that well, we're I drinking hope. the same day, then yeah, I could tell the difference. But no, if I'm doing my job right, the consistency is key. Okay. So y'all are a very consistent. The way that you do it tastes the same yeah, every the, time. Yeah, every batch needs to taste the exact same. Okay. Uh, you know what? Learn something new. I well, let me ask you this. Variation. So if you had a Kolsch today and you've enjoyed yourself drinking the Kolsch's today, right? Right. When we do this festival again in uh, March, right? So yep. if you come to have another one in March, if you enjoyed it today, you want to enjoy it next time you have it, right? It's my 100%. job to make sure that you get the beer that you fell in love with, right? Fair point. Yeah. That's what makes the big, gigantic mega brewers, you know, a lot of people sort of diss them. Oh, they do um, that better but, than anybody. You know, they make an incredibly consistent product and they make a lot of it. Right. If you get a... Michelob Ultra or Bud Light or Miller or whatever your mass-produced beer is, you know exactly what it's going to taste like every time. And that really is a great achievement. Right. If it was different every time, then you couldn't ever depend on that brand. Sure. Yeah. No, I agree. Why are you all so comfortable just naming other breweries out there? Well, one, I'm a big fan of beer, right? But when they exist, why would yeah. we not name them? And I'm certainly not here to say one thing about them one way or the other, but I will say they get consistency 
right because they have to. Right. Certainly what we do as well. Why would we ignore that? If you see something that is successful, I'm not going to badmouth anybody because they're bigger than we are. Yeah. Uh, I want to be that. Or they have more customers. I I certainly think our product is better. I can spend hours telling you why, but they're doing a lot of things right. And it's our goal to learn lessons from that, right? Yeah. Putting our nose up in the air, one at the company (laughs) and two at the people who drink the beer is just not a good business model. It's not our job to tell customers they're wrong for liking something or that another company is doing something wrong. It's our job to do what we believe in and tell our story and, and let people come to us. Right. I like that. And I respect that because I'll tell you, I, uh, before I was into craft brews, I would just drink Bud Light, you know, something that was well-known, cheap, quick, easy, and it had to be light because I didn't like a whole lot of flavor. I wasn't a beer fan Now listen yet. to what you just said. You don't like a whole lot of flavor. Ooh, that was not scripted. Yeah. That was not scripted. No, you're a hundred percent right. Yeah, sometimes it just comes out of us. A huge question that I ask, I'm mind is blown because honestly, this was not something that we even talked about or discussed prior. But that is definitely you're a hundred percent right, man. Yeah. There was the full flavor that I get from most microbrews versus those guys that are doing it huge in the industry. Mm-hmm. The flavor is a lot different. I wasn't a fan of that at first because I think that beer is probably for most an acquired taste. Like my dad used to tell me when I was growing up, it wasn't a taste I had at first. And then I grew to kind of like it. And then it was like, man, I really like Bud Light now, but I don't like those craft brews. Mm -hmm. And then it turned into, man, I don't care if it's an IPA. I don't care if it's a blonde, if it's light, if it's dark, I don't care what it is. I like beer. It's a whole new world. Yeah. It opens it it up. And then I'll tell you though, Nothing against them because, man, they do a great job. People love them. Not a Guinness fan. Not a Guinness fan, huh? I'm not. I still can't get into that style. What's funny about Guinness is the Guinness that Americans get is not the Guinness that they drink in Ireland. It's just like Heineken. Yeah. You get a Heineken in the Netherlands, it's fantastic. It's a different taste than what you get here. Heineken's funny because I I guess Heineken came around in the 60s to the States. Yeah. And it was this really bougie beer. There's actually an episode of Mad Men. I'm a big Mad Men fan. But uh, <laughs> this isn't in the episode, but they bring in Heineken and it's a big deal. So Americans got this Belgian beer and it had this distinct taste to it. The taste is skunky. The reason it had that skunky flavor to it was because they come in those signature green bottles. Yeah. And Americans are like, well, this is just what this high-class Belgian beer tastes like. The worst kind of bottle you can have. Yeah, that's right. Other than a clear bottle. Interesting. He- Heineken started sending kegs over. And the kegs weren't in green bottles or green kegs, and it didn't have that skunky flavor. And Americans tasted it and said, what is this? This is not Heineken. Wow. So they had to start adding that compound into their keg beer just for Americans. Yeah. And that's something. We're so snooty, we want the off flavor. <laughs> and to get back onto what I was saying, because we keep doing this, we jump into tangents. You know, you were worried I wasn't going to be a good talker. Huh? No, I never said that. <laughs> but before the show started, I think we went off into like a 30-minute tangent. My wife's going to be so mad at me waiting out there at German Fest for me to get back. And here I am just BSing with y'all. But Well, that's your fault because we is. started a half hour late. You know what? It's my fault. Yeah. I blame it all Don't on Don't blame me. it on us. I blame it on John. We were on that? time. It's John's fault, whichever yeah. one you want to choose. <laughs> but before where I was going with that was, you know, when I started to actually drink 
craft brews. It was one that obviously I don't, I don't want to name them because I don't want to disparage them or anything. I still love their beer, great beer, and I'm sure a great company, but that's exactly what they went to was, oh, well, you know, these beers that put mountains on the side that light up a certain color whenever they're cold enough, it's because whenever it's cold enough, it hides the crappy flavor. And I was like, all right, cool. Can you just tell me why you're better instead of why they're worse? So I will actually use that same anecdote and I'll just word it a little differently. <laughs> okay. So now if you see a label that has a blue mountain that says, don't drink it if those mountains aren't blue, well, then the company's basically telling you what their beer tastes like. Now, beer is supposed yeah. to be good. Even at room temperature, a good beer yeah, is sure. enjoyable. If it gets to room temperature, they're like, don't drink that. Like the company is straight up telling you not to drink it yeah, at room temperature or even like below it. Well, you know, take them at their word that you can have our beer if the mountains aren't blue. It was just cool to me that y'all were willing to even just say like, you know, like you said, hey, yeah, these companies are killing it. They're doing great. Why wouldn't I mention them? We're not them, but yeah. The best thing that I would say as a salesman is I don't ever want to disparage another beer or talk about about it because I might be selling it tomorrow. Yeah. And it's very true. true. You know, if you go out and you cast shade on these other beers all the time or whatever you're you're selling, the next day you have to come and try to sell that beer that you just talked bad about, you have zero credibility. That's also right. that's just good business advice anyway because yeah. you you never know who you're talking to. Yeah. And there's no need to be ugly. Yeah. Yeah. From a marketing perspective, it when you throw the negativity out there, it puts a negative yeah. mindset into your customer. Yeah. All and we so, have to do yeah. is just get a beer, put it in front of somebody, and have them put it to their lips, liquid yep. to lips. Once we do that with our beers, we don't have anything to worry about. Andrew said it out there. The first beer that we got was when y'all had tapped the kegs and started giving away the steins. It was a little warmer. It wasn't chilled. And we had it. We loved it. It was great. And then we went and got our refill. And when we did, it came straight from the keg that's iced down and cold. And he drank it. And he was like, I want to be honest, man. I liked it when it was warmer better. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that that's the way that a lot of beers are served in Germany. And we have German-style beers. So what happens is when it's a little bit warmer, the flavor and the aroma, and Craig could probably talk about this a lot better than I yeah. could. I just know that it releases those flavors that you actually enjoy a lot more for a good beer. For a not good beer, we're in Texas. We like ice cold beer. Honestly, our beer is a little bit better if it's not ice cold, just a little bit warmer. Not warm. You know, everybody always says, well, the Germans drink warm beer. It's not true. It's really just sort of cellar temperature. Yeah, I mean, you like 50s, somewhere around there. And again, our beer is wonderful ice cold, too, if that's your thing. I like it both ways, honestly. But And it's not really too much science. It's if you have an ice cold beer, if that liquid is that cold, what is it doing to your taste buds? Right. It's numbing them. Yeah. yeah. So they can't you know, reciprocate the flavors to your brain that they're supposed to be getting. Right. But it also the cold really takes down the aroma, too. Yeah. Like a lot of what you're tasting comes yeah. through what you're smelling. You know, the ingredients in our beer smell good. And that really, really helps uh, intensify that flavor. We have five senses, right? Yep. Why only use one of them or two of them when you're drinking a beer? You want to use all of them. How does it look? How does it taste? Smell? You want to smell it. You want to taste it. You want to hear that fizz. You want to see that beautiful, crystal clear, golden color. And then, uh, I mean, I guess you feel it with your tongue. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Well, there is, there, oh, is oh, there is a mouthfeel. There is a 100% yeah. a mouthfeel, yeah. yeah. No, I agree 100%. Yeah, don't actually, like, touch the beer because your <laughs> finger oils don't. 
Don't they don't pair well. He said, "Don't blame me for your crappy <laughs> beer if you put your nasty little finger in it." Yeah, that doesn't even have to be a nasty finger. It can be the world's <laughs> cleanest finger. It won't help. I hear you. Yeah. So, John, you know, we don't want to forget that you're in the room here. You've already obviously told us you do sales and kind of manage the greater Houston, Houston area. So where did you great. come from? It is, man. I love this area. <laughs> well, I started, I went to Texas A&M. I was in the Aggie Band. And I got a degree in meteorology, which I have never used. Got commissioned into the U.S. Navy as a ensign. Did Desert Shield, Desert Storm. Came back out of that. And got out of the Navy and uh, opened a retail store in Killeen, Texas, right next to Fort Hood. And in the middle of that whole time frame, I opened a pizza restaurant, a Double Dave's Pizza Works. Uh, anybody that's an Aggie will know that that chain well. And that's right around when 9-11 happened. And being right next to Fort Hood, that affected our business a lot and sort of killed our lunch business. Had to sell the restaurant. And that's right around when I met my wife. Sort of realized that having more responsibilities and, and stepchildren, I had to sort of step up my game and get benefits and all that. So I started working for the Boy Scouts. I was an Eagle Scout. I did that for several years, and then I moved into teaching. And since I'm a band player, I play the clarinet. I've always played in polka bands. And one of the polka bands from Fredericksburg, actually, I was in. We took a tour of Germany, and... This tour of Germany, we went all over the place, Munich and Austria and all these great places. We went to the Erdinger Brewery, which is a very famous Bavarian vice beer, Hefeweizen Brewery. That's all they make is Hefeweizen. I just happened to ask an innocent question, how do you find this beer in Texas? Because it's hard to find. I didn't know anything about the beer business or brewing or you know distribution or anything like that. I just wanted to find this beer, and they said, well, we don't know, but we'll get you in touch with the importer. And so I started talking to the importer, and one thing led to another. And he said, hey, we don't have anybody working for us in Texas. Why don't you come to Texas or come to us and sell it on the side? You know, you're off during the summers as a teacher, and you can sell this beer. So that's what I started doing. And uh, at the end of the summer, he said, well, you know, you did pretty good. Would you like to do this full time? I said, well, sure, but I'm already under contract with the school district. For another year, and I'm actually teaching my stepdaughter's geometry class. He said, well, we'll still be here when you get done with that year if you want to do this full-time. In the meantime, keep doing it part-time. And that's what I did. At the end of that year, I moved over full-time into the beer business, and I've been selling basically German-style beer ever since. I actually worked for a big German importer for 11, 12 years, and now I'm working for the Altstadt Brewery out of Fredericksburg, Texas. So that's, that's my place. story. And now I just uh, go around and I talk about Altstadt to bars, restaurants, grocery stores, wherever the occasion might be. I help, you know, organize special events like the Pumball festivals and anything having to do with this brand in this market that I have some part in helping to do that. It's so terrible getting paid to do that. <laughs> it's awful. It's, it's a awful. terrible job. You got to wake up every morning, early in the morning, work till really late and then just slave away. I have another question. So just out of curiosity. So if you were to see us two and you knew one of us was the sales guy and one of us was the brewmaster, who would you think was who? A hundred percent flipped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you look very salesy. Yeah. Well put together. Not saying you're not, but like you look like that typical sales guy. Like I would picture you in a suit had I not seen y'all at German Fest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then I just think of John, he reminds me of myself as far as like 
just that backyard, like, yeah, I'll make you a beer right now. Come on, let's get one, you know? Like, come on. Not that either one of you are exactly like I described. No, you're that's not. his casual voice. Yeah, right. <laughs> but honestly, like, getting to know y'all and talk to y'all, and it's so... It just speaks to how first impressions are not always correct. Which is good because I tend to make terrible first impressions. Right? <laughs> My wife will tell you that. I feel that, man. I feel that. But it's like, you know, first impressions aren't always 100% correct. And definitely that old saying of don't judge a book by its cover, like looks aren't everything. You never know who it is you're going to deal with yeah. based on how they look. Could yep. be a totally different person. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would have absolutely thought it would be switched had I not already met him at Molly's book. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. For sure. We I'd should have... play that game later on tonight. You should. Tell people, uh, you should. guess oh. which one of us does this. Yeah. I bet that a lot of people, tell them free beer if you get it correctly, and I'll come 100 oh, times man. tonight and to, answer correctly. Like, there I, had you to, go. I had to like pay out a few free beers yesterday. I got to stop doing that because... Well, my biggest one is like people are like, how old are you? I guess I look young, but I'm like, I'll tell you what, if you guess properly or correctly, I'll buy you a beer. Let's play on air here. Okay. I haven't asked you your age. Yeah. You've never told me your age. Uh, I would guess that you're probably 35. I'm, uh, you're close. John, do you know how old I am? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, no, 37. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You do not get a free beer. Oh, that's not fair. Did we already give him a free beer? Yeah. Yeah, no. Forget and a free Stein, it. You owe me a beer. <laughs> you got it wrong. Like, I cashed in over there, okay? Oh, all right. <laughs> Honestly, I was going to go with you look similar in age to me, which yeah. I'm 33. So I would say definitely younger than you are then, for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm just harder on myself. Yeah? <laughs> you must have taken a lot better care of yourself than I did. It's very hard in my line of work. <laughs> But you, I don't doubt that, yeah. actually. No, I got to watch what I do. Yeah. yeah. For sure. But I still have fun. There you go. Yeah, I hear you. you. No, it's such an interesting story that both of you just kind of doing things different mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden kind of thrown into it as far as, you know what? This is what I wound up liking. So here I am. I would use the term love. Yeah. Like the no, love, I'm the love you. has got to be there. And uh, like, and spend some more time around John. Like, this dude loves all the German aspects of this too. Like, yeah, it is. No, I could tell whenever we were talking. As soon as you got to the office this afternoon, and just like the way that everything was so well pronounced and enunciated, and like it was all just perfectly. You can tell that you are very knowledgeable on both the history of you know, how the beer is made and why it's made that way and, and all those things. You can tell that there's a lot of knowledge between the two of you. I mean, you've probably forgotten more about beer than most of us ever care to learn. I've had to reread a few books a couple of times because <laughs> it's true. You do forget a yeah. lot. And I'm not going to lie, like over COVID, you kind of got in this monotonous cycle and then like you kind of forget yourself a little bit. So it's like, a, it's important to keep yourself educated, go over the things that meant a lot to you the first time you read them just keep them fresh in your mind and then talk to people worst part about covid was not seeing people face to face zoom is fine but seeing people face to face in the industry just keeping your passion alive by talking to other people who are also passionate and talking to people who see and hear what you do for the first time because i'm so used to it now yeah it's nice to see the newness and wonder from somebody else because if you come to our facility I, i just sort of forget i work in a german castle yeah. And then now we're doing tours again and it's really nice to see people go, oh, God, you are, this is insane. You get to where this is so cool. And it, it sort of reminds you that just, you know, just how blessed I am and how lucky I am to do what I do. Well, we're going to come visit them because 
Fredericksburg is definitely by far, you know, it reminds me a lot of Tomball as far as you can walk down. I get those vibes too, for sure. Mm -hmm. And it's like, whatever you want to buy here, we have here. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a whole huge, almost warehouse size of an office suite of salsa that you can get. And there's candles and there's like Mm -hmm. anything and everything you can think of. You just walk down and. There you go. You got shops. You have that small town feel. And you don't get double takes for wearing later hosen. And either. (laughs) Totally normal. Perfectly fine. Town that allows you to uh, walk down its main street with a beer in your hand or a margarita or whatever. That's that's a good place to be. That's fun. And I'm from the New Orleans area. That's where I grew up. So this is like draconian awfulness that I'm used to in this state with the alcohol laws. Like, what do you mean I can't just drink a 90 proof thing a hand grenade is a oh, bourbon street yeah. drink no. why can't i just walk around with this in front of little children and but they're like no you can't do that it's so crazy <laughs> don't even get me started it is so crazy why can't i drink before noon on sunday well leave me alone i mean for health reasons you probably shouldn't <laughs> probably shouldn't <laughs> doesn't mean i'm not going to okay? no it's i mean, i'm kidding about it. like i love living here but um yeah it, it is funny uh, all the loose alcohol laws I grew up with. And yeah. then you, you come here and I try to buy beer on a Sunday because I wanted to watch football and actually have a few IPAs. So I uh, wanted to go buy some beer and they're like, I'm not selling you this. And they looked at me like I was holding them up at gunpoint. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like it, you have to wait till afternoon on a Sunday to buy beer. I'm like, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> I got caught off guard by it the other day. Yeah. I just... I guess I stay stocked, you know, so I don't always have to go shop. And this was like a birthday party or family event we're heading to. And I was like, all right, cool. Let me stop by the store real quick and just grab a 12 pack on the way and I'll be good. And I walk in, I grab that beer and then I come around the corner here. You can't buy that right now, boss. I'm like, why not? He's like, it's before noon on a Sunday. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that. What an idiot. My bad. And I put it back and I'm just like, oh yeah, I forgot we still have these crazy laws. It's kind of a silly law, but what are you going to do? It is, but you know, yeah, like you said, what are we going to do? It's still the greatest state in the world, according oh, to me. Oh, absolutely. You absolutely. Know? So tell us about Altstadt. Stadt. Stadt? 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 Stadt. Altstadt? Altstadt? Altstadt. Alt. Stott. Tell us about them. Okay. Those guys, the beer people. You're hung up on this. I told you. I, I told you Altstadt's fine. I know. That's how most people pronounce it. Yeah, Altstadt. But you want to be genuine. I do. I okay. really do. But tell us about the company. Where did they come from? And if you don't know, which surely you do, but you know, if you don't know every single detail, just at make least them just up. like, why do they do what they do? That's the big thing we want to know. This is a wonderful, wonderful question. And I never get tired of telling the story. So it's very simple. So our owners are father and son by the name of Billy and William Scripps, respectively. And boils down to, they traveled to Germany, fell in love with the beer, wanted to know why they couldn't get that kind of beer in Texas. And they have the means to do it. They decided that they were just going to build their own brewery at home. And, you know, they grew up in Fredericksburg. Fredericksburg obviously has lots of deep German roots. So they decided that they were going to build their own brewery right there and brew their own German beer. So that's pretty much it. I mean, it came from a place of there wasn't something that they felt did the job for them here. So they were going to fix that. And basically, the tenants we hold were guided by the Rheinheinskitbut, which I'm sure you're familiar with, right? 
Yeah, so I was reading it yesterday. Oh, man. You're not supposed to be familiar with it? Just kidding. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. You're supposed to be like, no, tell me about that so I, I look smart. So please, tell me about it. No, no you I really, tell me about I it. I 100% have no clue. But you're reading about it, huh? Nope, not at all. I was uh, totally being sarcastic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the Reinheitsgebot is a beer purity law that was enacted in 1516 Bavaria. So, I mean, it wasn't even Germany as Germany is today. It was just a, you know, a bunch of different regions. And it is still on the books in the entire country of Germany. And it's the longest contiguous food safety law It was the the first food safety law in the world. And it's still on the books. Wow. So first and oldest, right? Yeah. And like most food laws, it had a lot to do with taxation. But what we got from it was basically the foundation of what would become beer as we know it today, Right. So it basically says you're allowed to use four ingredients in your beer and just four only. Now, this is fun because I've given hundreds upon hundreds of tours, and I always ask this question. No tour group has ever got it wrong. So I'm going to ask you. I'm nervous. I'm you should be, be because I've been waiting to rag on somebody for getting this wrong. <sighs> All right. What are the four ingredients we are allowed to use in beer? Okay. I'm going to guess because I don't know for sure. Hops, barley, wheat. Let's put barley and wheat together uh, okay. just as malt. So hops and malt. Oh, man. And I said I was a fan of beer. Come on. Sugar and water? Water's one. I cheated. Yeah. I, I have to be honest. You were going to get water eventually. <laughs> right. All I right. was honestly was thinking about it, but... Uh, well, you didn't get it right. Sugar is not right. <laughs> so the, the one you're missing actually had to be amend the law because they didn't discover what it was actually doing until hundreds of years later. So they didn't know this existed. Yeah, they started in with 15, three ingredients. So they started with hops, water, and malt, which is really barley. Yeah. Uh, but you can use wheat and uh, ales. Is it something dumb like corn or no, like... No, 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 no. That's an American thing. Okay. Um, no, it's what basically... Oh, come on. Don't make me do this. <laughs> you know, it's, I'm going to get ragged on. what gets fermentation going. I'm going to get ragged on so bad Think about right bread. Now. Oh, yeast. Yeast. How there did I go. not say yeast? <laughs> wow, you got it right. With no, no this is so yeah. unfair because I knew yeast. Like, I swear to God, I knew it, but I didn't say it. I got it wrong. That's sad. No, you got it right. You named them all. <laughs> Eventually. Yeah. And I all call myself up. a beer fan. I'm not a beer snob, though. Like, I'm not the guy that knows everything about beer. Oh, I don't know everything. That's I just the whole like thing. drinking it. The person who tells you they know everything, don't trust that guy. Oh, yeah. God, you're not wrong. So basically, well, the tangents are nuts. I know. Today. I'm uh, sorry. I, but I'm going to get made fun of. That's all I can think of now. Like well, All my okay. friends and that's... all my coworkers are going to be like, bro, you think you drink beer? You don't even know yeast? Like, what's wrong with you? Well, they didn't know that either until they listened to this. Probably not. Podcast about beef. Yeah. So right? leave me alone, Chambliss. So Chambliss. Okay. Off the tangent train. Uh, so basically, all the beers we put out use those four ingredients. Right. And you can create hundreds of thousands of different combinations just by how you use them, how much you use them, what temperatures you use, different ratios of water, when you add the ingredients. It just goes on and on. Now, uh, all the ingredients we will import directly from Germany, too. That's another big one. The hops and the malt and the yeast are all German. The one thing that's not German is the water. Makes a big difference. Well, yes. So, but we don't want to charge you thousands of dollars for beer, right? So... We'll pull the water from the ground. We send it through a reverse osmosis system. So we get uh, water, much at the pH of seven. And then we will actually throw minerals back in. So the water gets stripped of all its minerals right. uh, from Fredericksburg. Yep. We will put minerals back in to match the city of origin from the specific style. Okay. So our uh, Kolsch originated in Cologne. We are doing the same water profile of Cologne. Dusseldorf for our amber, Munich for our lager. 
or Pilsner, the water profile of Northern Germany, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, Bavarian, the Hefeweizen. So much uh, thought into this. So yeah. it is German beer. Right. Made in Texas. For yeah. all intents and purposes, it is. Unlike actual German beer, which is made in Germany, that has to be pasteurized to come here. Yes, and we don't have to pasteurize it We don't have to all. pasteurize it. So yep. you're actually getting a better German beer <laughs> right. than the German beer that's sold and here in the United because States. Because they don't have to go through that extra step. And again, yeah, and I should say, so, you know, when our ownership's over in Germany, of course, you can get a lot of that beer here, but that doesn't make that trip across the Atlantic very well, right? right. So the minute you put beer... Yeah. In a bottle that light can get through, I mean, not even like Heineken in a green bottle. If you put something in a brown bottle, it distorts light enough, it's still going to hit it. Even cans, they just don't age well, and they have to pasteurize them to keep them fresh longer. But pasteurization, if I give you the same beer that's been through a pasteurizer and one that hasn't, you are going to pick the one that was not pasteurized every time. It really, really makes a difference. And I don't even speak on that enough, so I'm glad John brought it up just because I, I take it for granted that we don't have to pasteurize and give that to our customers. So, I mean, it is yeah. fresh beer. I mean, my mind's blown. Like, it's all just, there's so much more thought to a beer. And even myself as someone who, I'm a bit of a beer fan, you know, like I enjoy the different types and hearing these stories and definitely not the world's biggest beer fan. Like, there's obviously smarter people out there like, you know, there's someone smarter than you about beer, I'm sure. But there's always someone smarter. But you don't have to know anything about beer to know yeah. a beer that you like. That's right. You know, I stand in HEBs or Total Wines or whatever and sample beers for people. These are people that are very unsophisticated about beer. A lot of them. There's a lot of people that know. Believe me, they like to tell me how much more they know about beer than I do. <laughs> Your taste buds don't lie. Yeah. You know, even if you don't know anything about beer or what makes it special or anything. If you taste a beer and it tastes good, you're going to buy that beer if you have the ability to buy it. Yeah. And then it's not That's the why liquid to lips, once again, is the key. Yeah. Right. Just get people to taste your beer. If it's a good beer, you don't have anything else to worry about. Yeah. yeah. You don't need to know everything I do or do not know. Like My job is to be as educated and as practiced as I can be so that when you go into the store or you sit down with some buddies for some laughs and you're drinking our beer... It just makes life a little bit better, right? And you don't have to be... It's called give me the kite. It's the good life. It's being around a table or at a festival with your friends, your family. You're having a beer. You're having some good food. You're listening to music. You're laughing. You're smoking and joking, whatever the case might be. And you're that's the good life. That's what the whole... German beer experience is about it. Sounds about, like the Tomball German Festival. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly it what really it does. is. It really does. No, but in all seriousness, though, it's so cool that y'all are such a big part of that because, you know, like you said, we are probably more of a German beer than beer that's imported to America from Germany at times, you know, as far as like the actual true to life flavor. To be a part of something so cool here in town, to have that title, you know, that stage, that title sponsor and be serving so much delicious beer. It's an honor. It, it just blows my mind every time I see something like this. People walking around with the stuff we put so much work into, worth all the strife you go through for it. And, you know, people want to come up and you know, take pictures with you and yeah. like to just tell, I did you, it today. tell you thank you for yeah. what you do. And I'm like, I just, we work for a brewery. We're nobody important. But yeah. I mean, we are, you know, to some people you are. Yeah. So it's just, it's cool. It, it's a little bit humbling to be honest with you, but I love it. It's just an honor that uh, Tom Ball lets us do this. 
Yeah. So, so family owned and operated. How cool are the owners? Do y'all see them? They are the best and I care about them and I would never say anything horrible about them <laughs> at all. If they're listening, I really love this company <laughs> and I would love blink so, twice if uh, you're in danger. <laughs> no, they, uh, I mean, what kind of question is that? Like, what do you expect me to say? So I was sitting here thinking about it and I was like, this is a really bad question, but, but you asked it so anyway. I'll say it this way. Like, are they super involved or do they kind of take a stand? Here's the best part. To uh, so they are the nicest people. They really, really care. One about the brewery, about their employees. And I would say between involved and standoffish, they're, they're more standoffish and trust people they've hired nothing wrong to, with that to do to, they'll step in if, if need be but and again it is still their vision the I, vision is theirs but man they let us do our jobs and it is just I think wonderful would, i think craig would state without reservation I, I know this is my opinion anything you need to fulfill that vision mm-hmm. anything you need you're going to get it there's no well, we just can't do that. You know, we're not going to do that. If you need something to make the best beer, you're going to get it. Yep, 100%. It's great. <laughs> it's going to be far beyond what you probably really need, just the <laughs> basics. They're going to yeah. get the best always, but it's you can tell. The quality control that we go through at the brewery. That's and, very important, yeah. So important. Again, a lot of the big investment went into just the lab. And the lab's sole job is to pretty much make sure I'm doing my job properly, right? Yeah, love-hate relationship. So it goes back to, <laughs> no, it's all love. I know. It's all because they're listening. Yeah, he's like, what are you doing right now, man? <laughs> <laughs> it goes back to that consistency we were talking about earlier. The lab's going to catch that. And they put a lot of money into that. It's very important. So that's the main thing they want. They wanted actual German beer. And it wasn't going to be just some, you know, rich kids play thing. That's pretty much the reputation we got. And that's okay. Uh, That was our initial reputation. That's okay. Just put your head down, do what you do best. And then you introduce your product to the world and show them who you are and what you are. And we don't rest on our laurels. We have all this great equipment, but it doesn't do anything if you don't know what you're doing. Right. Right. No equipment can make your beer better. It wouldn't have mattered if it was just some rich kids present from dad or something you know if that's truly what it was all right folks that wraps up another episode of the beef podcast i want to thank john and craig both for being here with altstadt brewery of course i'm probably saying it wrong even though i got it right at the beginning of the episode Uh, so please continue to tune in every single episode of the beef every week Thursdays, we release a new episode. You can find it anywhere you get your podcast. We love supporting businesses, whether they're small businesses or big businesses, and we couldn't do it without your support. So check out Altstadt Brewery. They've got a great location. You're going to want to visit. They've got a great beer if you haven't had it before. Stay beefy, my friends. You've been listening to The Beef. Thanks for listening. Make sure to like, rate, and review. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information that you can use. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, follow us on social media. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Beefy Marketing. Would you like your business featured on the beef? Know a business that should be featured? Visit beefymarketing.com slash the beef. Remember, branding is about a connection with you and your people. Till next time, thanks for listening to The Beef.